Hey, this is Ginny from 1000 Hours Outside, and I am thrilled to be bringing you our very first podcast. We are hoping to use it as a tool to inspire you to spend a little bit more time outside and a little bit less time on screens. So with our first podcast here, we are going to be taking the time to talk about all of the academic benefits that your child will receive um, simply from playing outside. And, you know, I thought about taking this first podcast and talking about 1,000 Hours Outside and what it's all about and where it came from. And eventually... Uh, we will do that. Um, but I think you can kind of grab the idea just from the name. And we are just having a goal to be outside for 1,000 hours in a in a year's time span. And um, that's just about the same amount of time that American children watch TV or are in front of a screen on average. And so we're sort of exploring this idea of what would childhood look like if those were balanced out, if we matched our nature time with screen time. And so we've done this for the past uh, four or five years, and we've hit the goal most years. Um, Save one, we were pretty close at 981, and it has truly uh, changed childhood for our family, and it has changed our family dynamics and just offered such rich experiences. So we are here to pass it along and and to pass along the research-backed benefits that we have learned along the way. So that said, let's talk about school and let's talk about academics. It seems that when we think about childhood that that is one of the top priorities. Um, As parents, we are concerned about those ranks and the grades and the standardized tests, and um, boy, those are high visibility things uh, in the landscape of childhood. And so there are a lot of um, products and a lot of resources out there aimed at, you know, increasing a child's academic performance. And so this sort of unique and ironic thing that we have learned is that um, simply playing and in um, and more in specific, playing outside helps a child academically, and it's not something that we would necessarily think about just because it it looks so different. It looks so different from a classroom setting. It looks different from sitting at a desk and pen and pa- pen and paper and um, and uh, you know a teacher in the front of the classroom and and all those things that. You know, we we might remember from our childhood, or or we spent time in our kids' classrooms today. You know, we think about academia. We just think about you know a school building, and we don't tend to think about the forest or or even just our own backyard. And so, since academic performance is is such an important um, piece of of parenting, we're we're very concerned about that. It's important that we we know um, and are convinced that this this free play and this time outside is really going to give our kids an edge <clears throat> when it comes to that kind of stuff. And um, and when we know that, then we we won't miss it. And uh, the benefits 
to time outside extend well beyond academic benefits. And so really you just get a lot of bang for your buck with this one. And usually it's free and usually it's fun. So <clears throat> let's talk about academic, um, let's talk about academic growth and um, let's talk about our kids' brains. So, you know, when kids are really little, uh, when they're babies, when they're newborns, they do not have uh, as coordinated of movements. And so when we have a, you know, we have a newborn, they really have hardly any coordinated movement at all. Uh, maybe they can nurse um, and they can suckle, but they can't, they really can't do anything else. They, you know, they flail their legs and they flail their arms. They don't have control over their movements. And as an infant grows, something that <clears throat> that starts to happen um, is, is that they attain more complex movements. So, you know, you have a baby, the baby rolls over, the baby pushes up, the baby starts to crawl, and then maybe pulls up on furniture. <clears throat> and this, and this, um, you know, this, uh, the way in which this happens is the same order for every child for the most part. And um, though the timeline is not the same for every child, the, the order is the same. And so the child pulls up and then the child starts to toddle a few couple steps and, and then eventually the child is walking. And I think um, because that happens so young and it's not in association with school, we don't really put two and two together that this increase in complexity of movement is contributing to brain growth. And so as these movements um, become more difficult, uh, in a child's brain, the connections are strengthening and they're becoming more numerous. And so, you know, once a child starts to walk, it's easy to sort of forget about um, how their movements are becoming more complex. And yet they do become increasingly more complex. The child goes from walking, then to running, then to jumping to, on two feet, which is a, is, is a big skill to be able to jump with both feet, you know, and then jumping turns into jump roping. And, you know, and we talk about balancing on one foot. Our two-year-old, <clears throat> our two-year-old right now, she's really into jumping off of things as well as trying to stand on my leg and, and balance herself. And so there is this innate drive for children um, to increase the complexity of their movements. It happens without us having to um, push it at all. You know, there, there doesn't have to be a class for learning how to jump or <clears throat> for learning how to walk or, or these types of things because innately children are trying to challenge their bodies and it, and, it, and it just continues. I mean, it certainly goes into grade school as children learn to climb trees and ride bikes and scooters. And um, <clears throat> our five-year-old this past weekend, she's a kindergartner. She learned how to cast a fishing line. So that was a, a new movement for her and, and a pretty complex one. And children, as they get you know older than grade school, maybe they'll become proficient at skateboarding um, or some different outdoor sports like, you know, rock climbing or, you know, kayaking, canoeing, all of these types of things, skiing, um, they, inc they require uh, sophisticated, very sophisticated coordination and movements. And so, 
you know, as that's happening, as a child is growing through those, their brain connections um, become more and more numerous, and and then the ones that they already have are strengthening. So this increase in movement is literally growing their brain, but they need the time uh, to be able to explore those things on their own. They're just they're not things that we teach them. They're things that they do themselves. And so it's really important and imperative that they have the time to be outside so that they can practice, you know, um, you know, oh my goodness, the kids, they just, they try and balance on every log that you pass. I mean, this is just what they do. You don't have to tell them to do it. Um, you don't even have to suggest it. They just do that on their own, um, instinctively. It's really pretty phenomenal, actually. And so as a child uh, uh, gets older and, and they have ample time to spend outside, they will be drawn to these things that are more challenging to them. And in doing that, they will be uh, just increasing the strength of their brain. There is this fabulous stat <clears throat> that says um, elderly people who dance regularly have a 76% less chance of developing dementia, which is an incredible stat and and really just pairs the idea that complex movement um, movements are extremely beneficial to brain growth. And um, so we really want to encourage that. And the only way to do it uh, is to be outside. And you know, the, the inside landscape is flat and the inside landscape is um, consistent. There's no variability variability to it. You know, you put your nine-month-old down to, to crawl across the carpet. is really different than being outside and there's a little bit of a slant and they've got to, you know, adjust their body here and there or, you know, the first toddling steps. You know, it's one thing to be able to walk on a flat surface, but quite a different to be able to walk, you know, on a hike and and the, um, you know, with a little bit of elevation change and things like that. So everyone wants to start their year off on the right foot. And for me, that means making sure I'm eating well and have enough energy to do everything I want to do. But I'm not going to run to the butcher every day to get a fresh cut of quality meat. That's why Good Chop is such a lifesaver for our family. Good Chop offers fully customizable boxes of high quality meat and seafood delivered to your door on your schedule. Their products are vacuum sealed and frozen at peak freshness, so you can stock your freezer and cook when you want. We had a somewhat last minute get together recently, and it was so incredibly convenient to just head to the freezer and pull out a couple bags of Good Chops hamburger patties to whip up some burgers quickly. They were so delicious. Besides being delicious, it's important to know it won't cost you a fortune either. Good Chops price per meal starts at just $3.74. Go to goodchop.com slash outside120 and use code outside120 to get $120 off across your first four boxes. That's code outside120 at goodchop.com slash outside120 for $120 off. Goodchop.com slash outside120 code outside120. This episode is brought to you by BetterHelp. Question, what's the first thing you'd do if you had an extra hour in your day? Read a few chapters of that book, start painting that guest bedroom, tackle that pile of laundry, play a card game with your kids. A lot of us spending our lives wishing we had more time. 
The question is, time for what? If time was unlimited, how would you use it? The best way to squeeze that special thing into your schedule is to know what's important to you and make it a priority. If you're feeling stuck, therapy is something that can help you find what matters to you so you can do more of it. Therapy is a wonderful thing. It can help you learn positive coping skills or show you how to navigate properly setting boundaries. With BetterHelp, it's easy to get started. You just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist. It's entirely online and designed to be convenient. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try and visit BetterHelp.com slash 1000 hours to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash 1000 hours. When we afford our kids that time to be outside, they will naturally um, grow in their movements and that will naturally help to um, make their brain function better. So it's a really cool part about being outside and and that will help them academically. In addition, brain growth occurs when we engage a, a lot of our senses. The more senses we engage, the more neural connections that are made and play will change those neural connections. Uh, when we go outside, <clears throat> you know, this, the sensory input is incredible. And, and there's so much variation just from day to day. Even if you go to the same spot, even if you're just going out in your backyard from one day to the next, the weather will be different. And, you know, the, the wildlife may be different. And, um, you know, the seasons change. And so we have these controlled indoor environments that are, you know, for the most part, they don't change. They're very consistent. But when we take our kid, our kids outside, and we like to go to a variety of places, but even in our own yard, um, a young child will experience um, so much engagement for their senses. I like to think about, let's say, you know, you're trying to teach your, your youngest about the beach, you know, well, certainly you could watch a program about the beach. And I think there are probably some fabulous nature programs about the beach. And um, and quite possibly we could see with our eyes and, and hear through a program, you know, some of the most beautiful beaches in the world. However, if I take my child to a beach, and even if the beach is not as nice it's going to engage all of their senses. So it seems like there's just a couple levels here. You know, I could put them in front of a program. I could, you know, set up a sand table. And and I think that there is a lot of benefit to sort of that sensory play inside, you know, for a kid to pour and to feel the sand. And, you know, but if you take them to the beach, you know, you engage, they're going to feel the wind and they're going to feel the sand on all parts of their body. And they're going to see the water and they're going to see these changes in color, the changes in depth. And, um, and so as we engage more of these experience, um, these senses and we have new experiences and, and we try out new, new movements, such as maybe walking through the sand, we are contributing to brain growth for our kids. So, Every time we go outside, we offer them, you know, this slightly different experience. And, you know, experience is education. Uh, education is not just something that happens within four walls. And, um, and in fact, you know, these education experiences, <clears throat> this being outside and um, experiencing life and nature, those things will always stick with our kids. So um, we can encourage brain growth. 
<clears throat> for our children. This will help them academically, and we can encourage that through being outside and letting them uh, use uh, all their senses and have these multi-sensory experiences, and then by allowing them the opportunity and time to you know, try new movements. And, and maybe as a, for an older child, you would want to invest in a fishing pole or like a ripstick. You know, they've got these really, or some rollerblades or, or whatever it is that would help them to be outside and to try new things. So beyond that, uh, being outside helps with um, these movements that we need in school, in a school setting, um, namely finger dexterity. So we've talked about a lot about gross motor, but time outside uh, is really important for fine motor as well. And um, children who play outside are, are consistently getting their hands, especially young children, they're getting their hands in nature. They're, they're getting them in the mud. They're getting them, you know, they're getting sticks. They are, you know, they're playing with sand. They're transferring from one hand to the other. And they are using their fingers to climb and to hold on to things. And, and that translates into the ability to hold on to a writing utensil. I've read in several places that this is something that um, is increasingly becoming a problem. Even back when I, I used to teach in the public schools and in 2008, you know, they were bringing in these different types of small crayons and the crayon would have different colors on either side. And, um, you know, it was so the kid could practice like flipping from one color to the other. And it was because these children were coming to school and not having the finger dexterity that they needed uh, in order to properly hold a writing utensil. And that's directly traced back to these lack of time outside and sensory experiences and kids are not using their hands in the appropriate, you know, ways, a number of ways in order to, you know, be able to hold a pen or a pencil once they reach school age. And then beyond that, even just having the core strength to sit at a desk for a certain amount of time is something that um, is is waning and it has become a problem um, for a lot of kids. And they don't have that strength to be able to sit at their desk you know, for instructional time. And so they start to slump or you know, they just can't hold their body upright um, easily. And so that's affecting academic performance. And, you know, when kids are outside and they're moving on these uneven terrains, it, every step is contributing to their core strength because um, they're having to hold their body upright and, and to not fall over. So, you know, it just seems so, um, like, simple, yet it is really powerful when we let our kids go, you know, into nature and move their bodies. It helps, um, you know, it's going to help with learning the complexity of movements, but it's also going to help their fine motor skills and it's going to help their core strength so that they can sit more easily at a desk. Um, so the third thing, the third thing that we're going to talk about today and um, definitely, with, definitely with the caveat that these three things are not by any means the only things um, that nature helps when it comes to academics, but just the three that we're focusing on today. Um, the third one is the eye muscles, which is kind of a, an odd one because I never thought about eyes in terms of muscles uh, until really until I had children. And a friend of mine talked about how in certain school districts, they don't 
um, certain types of schools, I should say, like the Waldorf schools, they don't start teaching reading until the adult teeth are in because that signifies that the eye muscles and are fully developed and ready uh, for tracking words. So, you know, that got, that got me thinking about sort of eye muscles and, and that, you know, there are things that we, that we have to develop in children that maybe we would have never thought about before. And so what going outside does for the eyes is that, um, it's a huge factor in strengthening the eye muscles. And that is a precursor to helping children as they learn to read. So, you know, when we're inside, sort of the same thing. We're, we've lost variety, especially when we look at a screen. There is no depth. But when we're inside, you know, everything is is pretty much the same. You know, we're talking about the same color scheme in a home and, you know, there's no change. There's, there's not a lot of depth change, but when we step outside, just right out the door, you know, immediately there's this, um, you know, we're looking at things that are far away and things that are up close and, and there's a lot of movement. Maybe the, the trees are moving or the, you know, the, the wildlife is moving and, you know, the, the variation the color variation is incredible as well. I read recently that humans can distinguish between seven to 10 million color variations. So, you know, when we take our kids outside and we, and we, you know, expose them to gardening and, and, and flowers and even just the trees, the, the variation of the greens and the trees and the grass, all of these things are going to strengthen their eyes in places where, um, kids are not able to be outside very often, there is a significant increase in myopia, which is nearsightedness. And so research is very clear that kids need outside time to strengthen their eyes. And and once you've gotten there, then when they reach school age and they go to learn to read, which is just one of those skills that we want to be successful at, and especially um, you know, not embarrassed about because reading will help with lifelong learning. Uh, if we want our kids to have a little extra edge there, the stronger their eyes are, the easier it's going to be for them to track the words. So, um, you know, the, the developmental benefits for children when they spend time outside are so considerable. And, um, you know, academia is not the only one, but I know it's it's a big one. And so when we think about how we spend our time, you know, uh, we would maybe tend to be drawn toward tutoring type things or book work, um, that sort of thing. But, um, but counterintuitively is this concept that, you know, that we want a front load experience because that is going to help our children in an educational sense. Uh, really for the rest of their life. And it's going to give them a step up from the very beginning. So um, thank you for listening. This is our, our very first podcast, like I said, and we're hoping to inspire you just to to get outside more, to have a goal, have a goal, keep track of it. Um, when we track things, we tend to um, keep them in the front of our priority list. So, you know, we may track calories, we track our finances and things like that. So, you know, when you have something like, um, that's so simple, like spending time outside, it's easy to let that be the last thing that we schedule in 
instead of one of the first. And in our home, uh, because we have learned these benefits over the years and because it's been such a successful way of doing childhood, this is one of the first things that we schedule in. So um, we have a goal, we track our time, you know, and then we, you know, we try and inspire others to do the same um, and because, you know, we've learned such great benefits from it and it's been so impactful for our family. So we hope that you um, enjoyed this podcast and, you know, we hope that you will join us for the next one. I don't, you know, I don't know how long they will be. We've got a bunch of little kids here and so to kind of scoot away and have a, a private 15 or 20 minutes is sometimes all we have. And so we're just going to use it. That's what we're going to use. And, um, and we hope that Uh, It will benefit you and the nature time will benefit you like how it has benefited us. We are ending with um, an encouragement that it is worth your time to play outside. No one told us the truth about parenthood. Why? This is the podcast everyone needed before they had kids because now that those little ones are here, there is a lot to unpack. I'm Rachel Shepardota, and I am your host for the podcast, No One Told Us, where we tell the truth about parenting and let you in on all the stuff you really should have known about before having kids. I am the founder of Hey Sleepy Baby, but this podcast is so much more than sleep. We'll be diving into all the topics that you really care about and need to know while you do your best job raising those adorable, tidy humans. Our goal is to just make you feel less alone and less overwhelmed. There are so many things that no one tells us before becoming a parent, and I think that we should really pull back the curtain on becoming a first-time or second-time mom or dad to share the good, the bad, and the ugly. We'll have a little education, a little fun, and a whole lot of heart that goes into each and every episode. So join me and our amazing guests each week to hear us talk about what no one told us.